Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His words so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. There's other times a friend will come, iron sharpens iron. We just need a good kick in the pants. Why? We get feeling sorry for ourselves. No, the part of me. You say, well, I never get like that. Oh, yes, you do. We just need somebody to move us off dead center. A true friend will encourage and build us up. Friends are God's way of taking care of us. Friends will help you grow spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Today's message deals primarily with our responsibility in developing, maintaining, and evaluating the impact we have in our friends' lives and the effect they have on us. Scripture has much to say on the subject because we've been divinely designed for friendship. It says we're to encourage each other daily. Sometimes it's such a small gesture. You might not even realize you've made someone's day. Other times it's complicated and messy, demanding focus, dedication, and time. Either way, it's important to remember God orchestrates these relationships so we'll help one another do life right. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 9, with our continuing study entitled, The Value of Friends. Some of you think, well, I've got the gift of confronting. (laughs) (laughs) Judge not that you, lest you be careful, careful. So, a loving friend, a true friend. Now, by the way, most of us here will only accept that from people we trust. See, if one of the pastors, one of the guys in the office share something with me. I'll take it from them. If a person, the very first time they ever walked in this church comes up and shares something really serious, rare, I won't say anything to them, but I, I don't take much to it. doesn't mean I can't think about it. But I'll take it from somebody that really knows my heart. In the same. See, you have to have those kind of friendships. You, that's safety. By the way, my best critic is my wife. She keeps me straight. It's wonderful. And need it. For many of you tonight, your best critic will be your spouse. But we need more than that. Because there's other areas of our life that other people see. And if they're close enough to us. It, notice, it doesn't say the love tap from a friend. It says the wounds. So when they give you that little confrontation, how is it going to be received? Ouch! It hurts. It hurts all of us. So that's why you have to think for a moment, instead of reacting, how dare you say that to me? Whoa, wrong. Okay, let me think about it. Go home, pray about it, guess what? Normally they're right, and I have to adjust my life. That's all it means. We need to be confronted. 
we need to be shared with. The Bible says a true friend will tell us the truth even if it hurts. I want people that love me enough to keep me straight. You should too. And when they come, remember, don't overreact. Take it and change. Look at Proverbs 17, 9. This brings our third one out tonight. A true friend will forgive and forget. Proverbs 17, 9. He who covers an offense promotes love. But whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Just write another one down. I'll read it to you tonight. Proverbs 16, 28. It says this. A gossip separates close friends. I'm going to tell you something and you know it's true. Over time, all of us will discover one sad truth. There are no perfect friends. You are one and you don't have any. Every friend will eventually disappoint you. And you will eventually disappoint them. Now, sometimes the disappointment goes beyond that. It goes to outright hurt. It's because we're people. And if any of you live for any period of time, there isn't a person here in this room tonight that hasn't been hurt by a close friend. And even though you don't know it, I'm sure in most cases, you've hurt close friends. I have too. Now, how are we going to react when that takes place? Will that hurt or misunderstanding or disappoint? Will it end the friendship right there? Will we pretend everything is perfectly fine, but we used to be able to walk over a bridge together. Now walls go up everywhere. And it's an icy relationship that never gets back to where it was. Or will we try to even get even? I'll show them for hurting me. And we begin to gossip or share that sin or that disappointment or that hurt with others. Now look at verse 9. To cover an offense doesn't mean we ignore sin. It doesn't mean like this. Oh, they sin, I just leave it alone. No, we talked about it. You have to lovingly confront. Now it does mean this. Some things, you don't have to tell everybody everything that's wrong with them. If we did... We'd never be around positive people. There's so many things wrong with us. But we're talking about really serious things. So, when there is an offense, or there is a sin, or there is something that needs to be dealt with, if we take the first step as a true friend and go and confront our friend and share the truth in love, when our friend then asks forgiveness, we are to do two things. Forgive and forget. Love that forgives keeps quiet. Great truth. In other words, once the offense has been resolved, the forgiveness has been asked for, and it's been received, in Mark Balmer's words, shut up! Leave it alone! I heard someone say this, every friendship should have a cemetery where you put the stuff that you all hurt each other with and you just bury it. Don't go a-digging. Leave it. Corey Talboon tells a great story 
She tells how some Christian friends wronged her, really in a public way, and really was pretty malicious. She says for many days she was bitter and angry until she decided to forgive them. But then every night she would wake up thinking again about what they did to her, and her anger would start up all over again. Anybody relate to that at all? Oh, no, no, no. It'll be fine here. I sleep just like a baby, Pastor Mark. You know, we've all done that. After weeks of frustration and sleeplessness, she went to a pastor. And he said this. Actually took her up. He said, Corey, come up with me. We're going to go up to the church tower. The bell in the church tower is pulled by pulling a rope. When a man pulls a rope, the bell rings, ding dong, ding dong. But if he doesn't keep pulling the rope, the sound slowly fades away. He said, Corey, forgiveness is like that. When we forgive someone, we take our hand off the rope. And the force of the anger is gone. Love that forgives keeps quiet. Is there a friend in your life that you have refused to forgive? You say, well, Pastor Mark, if you knew, it's not what I ask. And I know in this congregation, as in all, there are many hurts in marriages, former marriages, divorce, all kind of junk, let alone simple friendships. I want to just say to you tonight, let go of the rope. You're not going to solve anything with your anger and bitterness. Just let go of it. When you let go of it, the bell will stop ringing. Forgive and let the friendship be restored if it can be. Now, in some friendships, they won't ever be restored. Just the way life is. And you just have to let it go. But don't let the anger remain. You can't force someone to be your friend. It's just not going to happen. But you can take care of it on your side. And then we don't live in a perfect world. So let it go. Other people will try to ring the bell for you. Satan will put the rope in your hand. Let it go. I'm going to pray right now. Let's pray. Father, some are hurting big time. They've been hurt by a close friend or a spouse or a relative. And the enemy is, continues to torment them with this situation or lifestyle. Tonight I pray that they would just let the rope go. Bring them relief. And every time the enemy comes and says, I want to hear the ding-dong, may we call him a ding-dong and just refuse to give in to the anger and the sin that can divide us and destroy our heart. That's you tonight. You let it go. If you need to go and make something right with someone tonight, you make it right. Let the chips fall. Do your part, sincerely, honestly, and let it go. Let it go. Amen. Number four, look at Proverbs 27, 9. A true friend will encourage and build up. A true friend will encourage and build up. 
You know, when you're traveling on life's road, it's much more pleasurable with others. I really don't like to travel alone. I, I like to have my wife or if, if she can't get somebody to travel with me. It, it just is a lot more fun. That's what life is made to be. You know, as you think about that, together is better. You might have heard that somewhere before, but that's what it means. It's just what it means. Now, Proverbs 27, 9 says this. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. And take a look at verse 17, same chapter. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So it just means this. In life, as we're traveling in life, there are times that we'll be on the golf course or in the sewing room or at a restaurant or just hanging out or at the beach, at wet and wild, wherever, and we're around friends. It's good. We love it. Just enjoying life together. Sometimes we get discouraged. And when we get discouraged, most of us put on a big face. And sometimes the laughter you see is totally false laughter. They're hurting big time. That's when a true friend will step in and see that this person's hurting through the laughter. And they will say to them, come on, let me give you some good counsel. I like a friend like that. You see, I like a friend that can see through me putting on. You say, well, I don't like... Yeah, you do. Because it's miserable putting on. There's other times a friend will come, iron sharpens iron. We just need a good kick in the pants. Why? We get feeling sorry for ourselves. Part of me. You say, well, I never get like that. Oh, yes, you do. We just need somebody to move us off dead center. A true friend will encourage and build us up. Friends are God's way of taking care of us. Friends will help you grow spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Look at Hebrews 3.13. But encourage one another today, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see, that's why, listen, if you just come in this building and for the next five years you come here and I can't change you. And all you do is come and leave and you make no friendships. You're going to hurt yourself. Not only are we losing out because of your gifts, but you won't grow. Because Satan will defeat you. And it's proven fact that most people that don't get somehow plugged in won't be here long. They'll go somewhere else. Now the problem isn't here. Not that we don't have problems. We have problems. I'm a problem. Sometimes I rarely do I get done on time. Can I hear an amen? amen. See there? It's a problem. I'm working on it. Maybe when God comes back. That's because I, I only have some of you for a short period of time. And I want you to get it. I want to encourage you tonight to get plugged in. Don't. Let sin harden you. Together is better. Look at Proverbs 18.24. Jesus is our one true friend. Proverbs 18.24, the end of that verse says this. There is a friend 
who sticks closer than a brother. And we already read the one before. You don't need to turn there. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all time. We discovered earlier that there's only one friend that can do that. Turn with me to John chapter 16. I want to share this with you. I thought it was very powerful. There was a time coming and Jesus has begun to share him with his disciples, his friends, his close friends. By the way, you know, Jesus had three close friends out of the 12 and he had one close friend even closer than the three. You see, there was different relationships. And he shared with those three different than he shared with the one than he did with the 12. In John 16, 32, Jesus says this to his disciples. Pretty shocking revelation to say to your friends. But he said it because he knew it was going to happen. He says this, the time is coming, in fact, it's come right now, when you, the disciples, will be scattered, each to his own home. You will leave me all alone. Look at the next sentence. Yet I'm not alone. Why? For my Father is with me. Jesus was saying to his disciples, the crucifix is coming. And you guys think you're going to be here no matter what? A, a true friend's going to be loyal? A, a true friend loves at all times? Guess what? All of you are going to be scattered. You're running for your life. You know where I'm going to be? All alone. But I'm not all alone. Because my father will never Leave me. Look at the next verse. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Now why would he say that? Why would he say that? Because of this. In this world, disciples, in this world, people of Calvary Chapel, you will have trouble, and I'll add to it, and lots of it. So be negative be critical, pull yourself into a little shell, and endure life. So it says? Look what he says. But take heart. I have overcome the world. What did he mean? Here's what he meant. He said, I'm going to the cross, and when I go to the cross, even hanging on the cross, I'm not alone. Father's with me. I'm going to the cross to pay for your sins. And when I go, what's going to happen is this. If you'll receive me, disciples, look at the verse, you will have peace, even in the midst of trouble. Why? Because I'm going to live in you. Just as the Father is in me, and I'm in the Father, every Christian, listen, every Christian is is never alone. You're never alone. If you're a Christian, you are never alone. You have God in you. I remember when I had my open heart surgery. I was waiting that morning. A little scary. That evening before all the, the elders and pastors came. It was wonderful to have friends. The next day, all kinds of people in the room. But you know, when I went to the operating room, I was all alone. I've been in the operating room many times, not like that, working. Now I was on this cold table. Do you know what? I wasn't alone. 
You see, you'll come a place in your life when your friends can't be with you. And if you do not have Jesus, I want to tell you something. You are all alone. And when you're there, there is no peace. I had peace in the midst of that mess. Why? Because they had Jesus. I wasn't alone. Now, I want you to look at a verse. John 15, 3. I have it on the over. You don't have to turn there. And we're done. Look at it. It says this. Greater love has no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. By the word lay down his life, the Greek means this, in place of his friends. What it means is this, that Jesus went to the cross, and in place of me, he hung there and died. In my place. That's what communion is all about. And see, communion means, if you're a Christian, that God is with you. We're communing with Him. We'll never be alone. Together is? It's better. It's better. Now, I ask you a question at the beginning. Is God your personal friend? Listen, seriously. 2,000 years ago, Jesus hung on a cross for every person. And on your best day, you'll never bridge that gap of sin that you have in your life that separates you from God. You, you'll, on your best day, you can't be good enough. He took your place. You know where Jesus stands tonight? Jesus stands in two places tonight. If you're a Christian, he's inside us. The minute you became a Christian, he came to live inside us. Give us wisdom and direction and peace and joy and whatever. Helps us to be a good friend and to be friendly. But if you don't have Jesus, he stands right outside the door of your heart. Here's what he's doing. Revelation says this. Do you know what he wants? He wants to come in and be your friend. He wants to be a friend of every single person in the world. That's who he died for. Even on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. I want to be their friend. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Whew. Tonight, I have peace. I have joy. I'm never alone. When the human relationships end, I'm still never alone. Because I have God. Some of you don't. You don't know God. You're left to your own devices, your own friends. They will fail you. Jesus has never failed me once. He never will. Pastor Mark really delivered a strong case for having and being a quality friend. As you evaluate where you stand on the friendship scale, there are some important things to keep in mind. It's quality over quantity, and Scripture says it best. A man of many companions may come to ruin. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. No one's ever going to compare to the one true perfect friend, Jesus. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Get ready, because next time we're scheduled for a checkup. We've been diagnosed with spiritual heart disease and need treatment stat. A general practitioner won't have the skills necessary to examine, treat, or prescribe a remedy. So Pastor Marks referred us to a specialist called the Great Physician. Don't panic. You'll be in capable hands. Just have the Great Physician's reference book handy because the doctor is always in. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world. Lord, let us hear.